Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Coach Josh here giving a live Q&A with yours truly. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. I'm going to give you all an opportunity to get into the live feed. And for those who are joining me live or coming in, um, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to come in while I talk to everyone else. I hope um, those who are uh, joining me for the first time, hope you all are doing exceptionally well. And I feel I hope that this resource that I give on this channel is something that you'll see will aid in your life. Uh, make sure you just continue to watch the video, check it out. If there's something that you like, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, like and all that good stuff. But if you've been rocking with me for a mighty long time, whether 12 years, or seven years or three months or just 20 minutes ago that you subscribe. I want to say thank you so much for subscribing. It's an honor to have you a part of me, my online community here. And I hope that the things and the resources that I offer here are a blessing and a resource to you. And so for those who are coming in, go ahead and let me know where you're watching from and all that good stuff. And also for those who's listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or however you're listening or later on YouTube, I want to say thank you all so much for watching and I greatly appreciate it. But y'all come on in and as you come hit that like button and help this video get some traction uh, so we can reach more people. Hey, Renetta, what's going on? Uh, Jessica, what's going on? Good evening, all. Uh, good evening, all. Please pray for my son, Juan. I got a strange call from him. I'm about 30 minutes about them. No one's been able to contact. Okay, let's pray now. Father, I thank you so much for your purpose. I thank you, Lord, for your omniscience and omnipresence, Lord. You know exactly what's going on in that situation. I pray, Father, God, that you cover him, that you protect him, and that you bring peace um, um, to um my brother here, that, that you will bring peace to his heart. I thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit, that you'll organize his steps. And I thank the Lord for divine protection and peace to covering him now. I thank the Lord for the power of prayer that we can stand in the gap for our brother here. And I pray for Juan, Juan right now for his divine protection. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Let me know what's going on, family. I hope I hope everything is well. Shara, what's going on? Watching from Sweden. Thank you for watching. Princess, what's going on? Trust you are doing all is well. Thank you so much. Thank you for watching from Florida. Official uh, CM. Hey, what's up, Coach? Watching Buffalo, New York. Thank you for watching. Um, here we go. I think we got the first question. Shiro says, Coach, I've been so lazy in prayers and reading uh, the Bible, and I don't understand why it has been like this for like three weeks now, and all of a sudden, I'm having nightmares. Let's see if you got anything else with your question here. Uh, what can I do? Great question. All right. So basically, um, relationship, our walk with God is is interesting um, because there's an enemy involved. And, and when, once we know that there's an enemy involved, we understand as we mature in God, the ebbs and flows of walking with God, that there are periods where you're going to be more tempted or more lured based upon distractions. And as you mature, you begin, you begin to um, um, better understand um, uh, why you are attacked. Uh, why things happen. And that's when discipline kicks in. See, in the beginning, we're walking with God or at periods walking to God. There's a strong sense of desire. And there's moments where you just really just, there's really nothing that can sway you. You, you love reading, you love worshiping, and, and you love getting involved. Um, but as that fire grows, you become a threat. And so the enemy comes in to try to distract you. And sometimes there's periods. Sometimes people have weeks, some people have months, some people have years, and they look up and realize, I haven't really been engaged with God like I should, because the enemy's tactics against us are strategic. Um, his uh, temptations are tailored to us, ultimately to draw us away from God and into idolatry and into uh, other forms of confusion and interest that uh, over a period of time, they don't rob our time, rob our opportunity from engaging God. So this is what you do. Um, um, I want you to look back at your life from the moment that you had that last uh, desirable moment with you and God where disciplines were, were, were more keen. And I want you to look in, in that throughout uh, that few weeks or so and assess what happened. 
Was it because of, of transitions? Was it because um, this person came into my life? What were some of the things that were possibly used to distract me from my focus? And then that's when you better assess the tailored warfare tactics from the enemy and how he interjects. Then that's when you assess yourself and, and become aware that, you know what, uh, um, um, this is what I contribute to this. And let me see, is, is there any um, um, things that those seasons brought out of me that, that reveals idolatry, that reveals insecurities, that reveals um, procrastination or laziness? And then that's when your love, God's love for you inspires discipline. And so what happens is um, I tell people, um, um, and this is a formula that a lot of people are not aware of, is that you have to write down what are your desired outcomes from your relationship with God? What are your desired outcomes? What's your desired outcomes from your Christian walk? Because your desired outcomes will produce discipline outputs, right? Um, and um, because when you begin to see, oh, this is what I want out of my life. Not that you want um, to God to love you more. That's, that's impossible. God's love is never increasing. It already is what it is. But we're talking about effectiveness for the kingdom of God, usefulness for the kingdom of God, uh, building God-given uh, ideas for the glory of God. There's a level of focus and efficiency and discipline that builds up to a level of effectiveness that 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 is uh, um, powerful for God. And then that's when you say, okay, these are my desired outcomes. I want I want to be a better wife, a better husband. I want to for God's glory. I want to be uh, these other things for His glory. And then you will begin to see what must I do daily to ensure that that desired outcome is manifest. See, I'm a ball player, um, an artist, anybody who's elite and efficient at what they do, they touch that thing every day. There's not a basketball player that doesn't at least have a basketball in their hand. There is not an elite cook who doesn't have some type of cooking or they don't cook every day because they love it. They enjoy it and they know the more I do this every day, the better I get at it. And the more I engage with God, the more of, the more of his image that I bear, and so those different things, assessments and adjustments and awarenesses will help you begin to say, you know what, this is what's interfering with my relationship with God and why, because the enemy comes still kill and destroy. And this what this is what I must do to ensure that um, these desired outcomes are effective. The Bible says greater works will do. Sometimes a lot of Christians just want a shallow relationship with God. They just want to be a they just want to be a son or daughter in the house, but they don't want to be a son or daughter in the field. So what that means is they just want to enjoy the benefit of being a son, enjoy the benefit of being a daughter. So they just eat, they just enjoy, and they're just very shallow. But those of us that want to be out there to advance the kingdom and advance, there's a certain level of efficiency, effectiveness, wisdom that we have to walk in, and those spiritual disciplines every day. You're not doing that to uh, uh, make God love you more. You're doing that to make yourself become more efficient and effective for his use. So you got to ask him, am I just a, a daughter or a son that's in the house and I'm just enjoying the benefits of salvation? Or am I a person in the field that's using the benefits of salvation to advance the causes of God? And then that would determine what you do daily so that engagement with God gets closer. So your sensitivity and discernment are deepened <clears throat> and you're able to navigate in this confusing world effectively. I hope that helped and I hope that gave some insight, my friend. Next question. Charlene says, my question was answered wrong last time, but thanks for trying because I got you. I was asking if it's wrong to distance yourself from a guy who said he is not ready for relationship. Bless you. Go. Gotcha. Uh, let me make sure I understand it completely. My question was answered wrong last time, but thanks for trying, coach. I was asking if it is wrong to distance yourself from a guy who said he is not ready for relationship. Yeah. If he's not ready, then you got to you got to uh, withhold. 
So yeah, if he's not ready for relationship, then you're not ready. And what I mean, you're not ready for, you're not, you're not, even though he's not ready, you should make yourself available in waiting. You got to now switch and pivot because when a man clearly tells you what he tells you, go with that. Don't try to believe, well, he didn't really mean that, or maybe I can persuade him or maybe whatever. Then that's when you just distance yourself and go back into your focus and singleness, back into your development, back into your purpose, right? And so um, I was asking if it's wrong to distance yourself from a guy who said he is not ready. If he's not ready, then you go the other way. You go the other way. You focus on you. You focus on your craft. You focus on the issue of God. You focus on you without even thinking about the possibility of him. And that takes time to do. But you have to begin now weaning yourself because you don't want to be there waiting when he's ready, but he may not be ready for you. He said he's not ready for a relationship. So if he's not ready for a relationship, he didn't say for who. So when he's ready, he may not be ready for you, but maybe ready for somebody else. And if you wait till he's ready, then you'll find yourself uh, setting yourself up um, to be drastically affected, setting yourself up to be immensely disappointed. So distance yourself now. I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't text him because sometimes guys will put buzzwords out there to give enough space between you and him. Why he could, but he can still get to enjoy your presence. So he's telling you, I'm not. You got to be very careful because a man who says I'm not ready for relationship will cut all connections with you because he doesn't want to confuse you. But if a guy says he's not ready for relationship and he's still trying to reach out to you, he's trying to keep you at distance to give himself freedom to talk to somebody else. We just we're just saying that this is him. He's giving him, he's just giving me plenty of seed in your mind, let you know I'm not ready for this, but I'm still going to try to enjoy the benefits of you. I'm not ready for you, but me vocalizing that you don't have no legal, I want to say you don't you don't have no um um points of argument to say I did XYZ. Because if I told you I'm not ready and you're still involved, he's going to try to use it as a disclaimer so that when you after he has confused you, he can say, Well, I told you I was ready for relationship. But a real man that says I'm not ready for relationship will release all connections to you because he doesn't want to confuse you. There's no such thing as friends. You know what I'm saying? There's no such thing as friends. We can't be friends if we already talked about relationships. You see what I'm saying? And so now you go forward and doing you because if you wait till he's ready and you start and you see that he's ready, you're going to be hurt when you see that he wasn't ready for you, but for somebody else. So make sure he's not playing games with you by keeping you close enough to get some benefits, but not close enough for commitment. That's a big difference. A man who says what he says will have actions that correspond. I'm not ready for a relationship with you since we already talked about that. I'm going to I'm going to release all contact and communication with you because I don't want to confuse you. But if he's doing other things, chances are that's game. Hope to help. Aline Kong says, hey, coach, I'm not sure if I sent. Yeah, you got I got your email. I just I last night was just, you know, I'm going to get to you for sure. I saw your email. Uh, Dina, Dina with a purpose says, does size matter? Should I know before marriage? <clears throat> I really been wondering by me being a Christian woman, should I be concerned with that? All right. Does size matter? Should I know before marriage? I really been wondering by me being a Christian woman, should I be concerned with that? Um, you shouldn't be concerned. Um, God has formed everything for his purpose, right? And so when you think about that, God already knows what will be pleasurable for you in that area. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to check his pants. You don't got to see it. You don't got to, because it will be, uh, because everything that he has for you is a perfect fit for you. 
So don't even worry about wondering how big he is and, and if he's whatever, because chances are, if you keep overly indulging with that idea, then 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 um, that would be too much of a focus. And then when you do meet that person, then you, your curiosity will try to see what's beyond the Levi's. You see what I'm saying? And you don't want to do that because when you see beyond what's the Levi's and you start getting into thoughts and imaginations and fantasies, then when you're face to face with that, then you're going to try to please that and try to be pleased by that. So don't size um, size shouldn't matter much because God already got that. See, God created sex. God created every component. He created everything. He knows exactly the right size to please you because God created sex. And we have to understand that God invented it. God created. He created all the uh, pleasure points. He created everything. He knows exactly what will make it enjoyable for you. So ladies, you don't even have to worry about it. I wouldn't even think about it. You got to trust God with all your heart. Trust God with everything because he's, got, he's such a detailed God. He's got everything checked because he cares about your pleasure because he invented it. Why would God invent something and not be concerned and not um, consider uh, what would be pleasurable for his daughters? And, and he's already made that man size, the size it needs it to be for you to enjoy it, it on site, on how it looks. And well, I don't even know if y'all like the way it looks, but enjoy it. It will be pleasurable for you. So I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even waste my time thinking about it. You literally got to trust God for everything because he has the man with the right size for you that, that will satisfy you. And you don't have to worry about him being, now, if you settle, now, if you, if you're in the will of God, I promise you his size Will, will, will be what it is for you. But if you outside the will of God, you might meet a man that wasn't fit for you, might be too big, might be too small. And that's just the consequences of making your own choices. But when you're led by God, you'll be led to the right man that who's, who's um, you know what, will be physically pleasurable to you. And you don't have nothing to worry about because if you keep thinking about that, you're going to try to see about that. And when you see about that, you're going to try to be about that. And that's setting yourself up to cause unnecessary intimacy, unnecessary emotional attachment, unnecessary problems by interacting sexually with a person prematurely because your mind right now is overly curious about that. So trust that with God. God created sex. He created pleasurable. He created every pleasure point. He knows exactly what you will enjoy all the days of your life. Hope that helped, my friend. So I wouldn't even think about it. And when you think about it, it comes up. Say, God's already got that for me. God's already took care of that for me. I'm not going to overindulge in that because you set yourself up, my friend. Great question, though. Miss D says, Coach, how do you witness or spread the gospel if you work at a public school? I'm a basketball coach, and I know God put me there for a purpose for my girls. I love them crazy girls. I feel you. I work at elementary school as well. Um, the best thing I do is be a light. That's all I do. Um, I be a light. And um, what you have to understand is that um, God has gifted us. Uh, he didn't say be a spokesperson, um, which he does. Don't get me wrong, share the gospel. But um, I think they said, Mother Teresa says, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Um, kids have come to me, drawn themselves to me, co-workers drawn themselves to me because of the light. You see what I'm saying? And so what you do is be a light because as they, because what the kids need is, is a reliable person in life a reliable role model in your life. And then as they get older, they're going to remember you. All of us remember that one good teacher that really made us feel special. That really made us feel inspiring. So what happens oftentimes, I don't even got to share the gospel because then what happens, kids are te technologically sound. I'm not saying you got to do this, but for me, I don't got to worry about it because what they do is I'm going to look up Mr. Desi online. And then all of a sudden now they mom and dad watching my videos and God uses that. So there's going to come a time where those same students 
are going to at 18, 19, 21 is going to be like, you know, yo, Miss D, you know, why was you so different? And that's when you can share the gospel. Right. But I respect the arena that I'm in. And I know that, um, you know, the whole concept of not sharing your faith. Uh, I share my faith through my life. They can't they can't stop my light. They can shut my lips, but they can't shut off my light. So that's why I'm not when I'm in public spec uh, sections like that, like schools. I'm not offended if I can't say Jesus like that and share the gospel. I'm not offended because what's my lips? My lips without the light that match ain't going to match. But if I have a light, you can't shut my light off. So you got to understand in those secular arenas, be strategic. Just be a light because God will worry about the rest. And God understands what, what environment you're in. And then he'll open up the doors for those young girls to be able to, be able to have a reference point that will, that will send them to the right person who is Christ. So keep being a reference point so that when it's time for them to be uh, reached by Christ, they will, your light would have contributed to the process. So you witness by your light. Because I don't want you to get in no trouble. I don't want you to get set up. Um, you know, I would just continue to be a light. And the Holy Spirit will lead you. And when they get of age and whatever, I don't got to share the gospel. They go right to my videos. And there you go. And so I also do this. I create resources. This right here. As he says, as from the students I serve, it's got biblical principles in here without the verses. You know what I'm saying? I got essence, wise sayings that I will say in sermon form, but for kids in a secular world. And they will always remember this resource. And um, and then when they hear the word of God, eventually they're going to be like, that reminds me of Mr. Ezzy's book. So God will give you strategic ways um, to be able to aid them in their journey and continue to be that reference point, continue to be that role model, and God will model the rest for them. Hope they help. But don't feel the pressure of you not doing enough. Some people be like, well, I'm not sharing the gospel enough. Man, I, I've reached more people through my life than I do through my words. I've impacted more people that's around me than what I do in these videos. And these videos, I've impacted a lot of people. But my light does better than my lips. It really does. Because people get to see it hands on like, wow. Who people watch my life from eight years old to now. So don't think that you're not doing enough because your life is doing more than what you think it is. And especially with kids, because kids know when they see genuineness, they know when they see something special about a person and then they're going to be inquiring about it. I would just use wisdom. If they ask you about the light that's in you, I would just make sure you're not on school premises. I, I would just be I would just I would just be wise about that because you don't want nothing to be used against you. And then you set yourself up without having a job. That's unfortunate the world we live in. Um, so you just got to be gentle as a dove, wise as a serpent and navigate accordingly. Hope that. But know that your life is doing more than what you think it is. Charity says, hey, coach, does this does distrust and discernment correlate or coincide with each other? Um, no, because distrust is um, distrust is um, uh, distrust is an effect from a cause. Discernment is an effect from a cause. So what I mean, different causes. Discernment is just saying, hey, I just don't trust you. Distrust means you got to be very careful that your distrust is not the filter for everyone. So now you're navigating uh, oddly and weirdly in, in certain sectors because of theirs, because you're still not healed from a moment of mistrust. Right now you distance yourself from trusting anyone. That's what distrust is. I'm distancing myself from trusting in you. And that can affect you even with the right person. Discernment is freedom. Discernment just says I'm freed from what caused my distrust. I'm freed. Right now I'm going forward wisely. And that's what that video last night was more about is that I'm healed from any type of effects of mistrust. I'm healed from every effect of disappointment. And now I'm moving forward wisely and healed. 
Now that when I move, I just slow. I take my time. I count the cost. I consider every variable and I trust the spirit of God. But distrust is I have trust issues. Discernment is my trust issues have been healed and I'm just moving wisely out here. And I'm not just putting my life, time, energy in just anybody's hands, setting me, setting me up to deepen that emotional situation. So I hope that helped. So they're different. Distrust is like, you know, could possibly correlate to a, 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 a current trust issue. Discernment is just freedom. I'm just discerning. I'm healed. There's nothing that can cloud my discernment. There's no emotional attachments. There's no idolatry. I'm free. So my spirit is sensitive enough to discern what's there and not, uh, um, what's the word, not jeopardized or hindered because I got some other issues in my heart. Hope that helped, my friend. S. Bell, what's going on? Jessica Hanson, Jamaica in the building. Thank you. Thank Adams. Uh, Adams, definitely let me know if your son's all right. Uh, 716, that's Tulsa. I think that's Tulsa. Amen, coach. Hey, coach, what's going on, Lakeisha? All right, here we go. Enoch says, hey, coach, how does God speak to us? Um, speak to us because I've been praying and being consistent in obedience, but I still think that he hasn't revealed himself to me. Um, he says, my creation clearly reveals who I am. Um, sometimes we wait to hear from God audibly when God has been speaking um, various ways. I think I did a video. Let me see if I can find the banner. I did a video not too long ago. Um, this video right here may be good when how God confirms. I talk a lot in how God speaks to us. Uh, what else? What other video I have that may help you with that? Um, I don't think I got any other ones up here. Um, but I say this to say this is that, um, God speaks various ways. He speaks through people. He speaks through circumstance. He speaks through nature. He speaks as consider the end. There's a lot of different things that he speaks from. Um, he has definitely revealed himself. Um, but you got to understand that he reveals multiple ways. Let me make sure I answer your question in the latest. How does God speak to us? Um, God speaks to us, like I said, from people, from things, from objects, from the Holy Spirit, from the word of God. Anytime you want to hear God and see God revealed to you, go to his written word. And maybe he's, I want to say this is what he's doing, but possibly he's restraining his spoken word because he wants you to engage his written word. Anytime you need a revelation about God's character, then go right to God's word. And then the more you become familiar with his word, you become familiar with his voice. Because why would God speak in, in confusion when he knows there's other voices in you and you're not in his, I'm not talking about you, but or when a person not in their word enough to know what his voice is. So God is a God of uh, training and, and and tuning to make sure you know his voice. And the best way to know his voice is know his character and his character is written in his word, right? And as you engage God's written word, you will know his spoke, you will know his voice because his voice will not contradict his written word. But if you are constantly right now entertaining a lot of voices right now and you and your mom's voices is heavy and more um, impactful to you than God or other people's voices are more impactful to you than God, then God may limit his words there because you're not even ready to hear him because even if I speak into your life, he'll speak, he'll speak constantly, but you may not be able to recognize his voice because his voice is, 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 is clouded in other things. So this is what, this is how you can set yourself up to better hear from God. Number one, um, study his scriptures. Number two, slow down your life and steal your heart. The more you, oh, and, and also be self-aware and aware of your surroundings. Those three things, when you engage the scriptures of God, you'll begin to know his character, which would then set you up to know his voice. When you're, uh, what's the second thing I said? Scriptures, um, man. Scriptures, 
Man, what was the second S, y'all? What was the second S? Scriptures. Let me scroll down because I need help with that. Scriptures. What was my second S? Y'all let me know. It was scriptures. I know the third one was self-awareness and surrounding. What was that second S that I just said, y'all? Okay. I'm going to wait five seconds and I'm going to keep going with my thought. Holy Spirit brings to my memories, I know, but I just want to see if y'all got me real quick. All right, let me scroll back up. All right, so scriptures. Man, I forgot that second S. It was very important S. Oh, I got a new, I got a new comment. Thank you. Still, okay, there we go. Scriptures steal your life, slow your life down, and self-awareness and awareness of your surroundings. Okay, my wife told me, steal your heart, right? So when you steal your heart, right, you're setting yourself up not to be impulsive, restless. Your heart is still and your and your life has slowed down so that you're able to be aware of your surroundings and aware of yourself. Then you will be like, God's been speaking to me this whole time because the scriptures have been familiar to you and you also have slowed your life down and still your life. Now, how do you do that? I think I talked more about that in that video that I shared, but you steal your life down by moving the ex, the moving out the excess, moving out things that are just unnecessary noise, you know, and you slow your life down by saying, am I overly zealous pursuing certain things? And you do it accordingly. And then you will be able to set yourself up to hear him more. Hope to help. Jennifer says, oh, hey, coach. Hope I was well. Thanks for being a black. You're so welcome, Jennifer. Anytime. Hey, coach from Brussels, Belgium. Thank you for watching from Belgium. Hey, what's up, Swaggy D? My bad for the type of no problem, Enoch, you fine. When and how do I cut off lukewarm Christian friends? Good question. Uh, first off, you have to understand that you are affected by your friends. If you show me your friends, you show me your future. You heard that before. Uh, so if you if you are the sum total of your friends, and sometimes we stay in friendships because uh, Savior's complex, or we stay in friendships because of nostalgia, we stay in friendships because of interest, but we should stay in friendships because of God. You know, if is this what is this who uh, is his, is this person who God has in my life to ensure that my fellowship with God increases, that we have a clean fun and that we're uh, foundationally sound together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you cut them off when you notice compromise. Now, there's a difference between cutting off and lifting the rope. The Holy Spirit will let you know. There's some people you need to cut off because they're just they Time has proven to you they're no longer effective. Uh, or, uh, for, uh, they're no longer an effective friend. They're more of a hindrance than a help. Um, they're just uh, they're they're just they're just not cool to be around. It affects your mood. Even though y'all had nostalgia, you can't just still be friends because of nostalgia purposes because of high school and college, etc., or line sisters or uh, whatever it is. You keep it moving. Now, if this is someone that's going through a phase of life. Then the Holy Spirit will teach you how to lengthen the rope. And what that means is uh, uh, this is a friendship that I still feel that God wants me to be in. They're just going through a phase, but their phase is kind of causing me to kind of feel or whatever. So I lengthen the rope so I'm not affected. So if they jump off a cliff, metaphorically, I, I'm st I still got them. God can use me to help pull them out of situations because God has me in this friendship um, at this juncture to help them like they may have been uh, uh, in, in y'all's previous friendship a help to you. God will teach you who to cut off and who to cast rope to, give more rope to. Because people who God still wants you to connect to, he don't want them to, you don't want to be too tightly close to them because what happens to them, you'll jolt it with them. But if you got long enough rope, you don't really, you don't really feel that much of a tug. But when you you'll know when there's a tug, when God's saying they, they go off in the deep end, now you'll be able to pull them out. 
But um, lukewarm is key word. It's the difference between someone that's life is just hitting them versus lukewarm. Lukewarm Christian friends, let them go because they're going to be annoying. And they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be envious, not envious, they're gonna be they're gonna feel a certain type of way about your lifestyle of holiness and what you're on. So how do you cut them off? Um, sometimes some people depends on the friendship, deserves a conversation. Some your actions become the conversation. So if it's a very close friend, I would uh I would just folks first off, here's the preliminary things because this is what helps with have with having these conversations. What you do is you start focusing on you more. Start working on your craft and whatever. And then when they want to hang out a lot, just always say, you know what, right now I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go spend some time at the house. You know, I'm in the season, I'm focused on my book, I'm focusing on this, I'm doing this thing, right ever, right? Just distance yourself from fellowshipping with them. If you see them at church all the time, just keep it moving. Just, just say, hey, keep it short, keep it moving. Hey, hope you well, cool. If they start asking why there's a difference, then that's when you say, you know what? Let me just be honest with you. Um, right now in my life, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm on this different level of focus with God. And, and I just think, man, um, it's just some of the choices that you're making right now. I love you. Despite the chicken sandwich, I love you. I think you're a great person. You've been a great friend. But right now, some of the choices that you're making right now is just not conducive for what I'm on right now. But I don't want you to feel that I'm that I'm better than you. I'm not better than you. I just know that what you're doing right now is drastically affecting me. But I really appreciate the friendship that you have given me. And 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 I just think that we just go in two separate diff, uh, uh, diff, uh, uh, directions. And it's just what I need to do for me right now. If if they don't get the message. Um, non-verbally, then that's how you verbally let them know. Uh, but oftentimes lukewarm friends will just let lukewarm friends, Christian friends will just, they'll find a better camp. Your, your life decisions will make them uncomfortable being with your friend and then watch them, watch them leave without you even having to say anything. If you level your actions up, lukewarm Christians will eventually leave, leave, uh, your, your life. Just how it goes. Uni says, Hey coach, how are you? All is well. Thank you for asking. All is well. Great question. Did it with the per Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Miss D, thanks for the overcoming trust. You're so welcome. I'm glad that video was a blessing. A lot of layers to that. And these videos don't even do it justice. That's why I, I'm excited about these books that I'm writing because then I can go in a little bit more detail. Um, but I'm glad these videos are a blessing. Um, Jocelyn says, is, is he interested when he calls only once a weekend? Uh, some someone who's trying to get to know me better and one text during the week people know knows him says he just shy and should be patient um jocelyn i wouldn't worry about the actions of others i would keep being proactive in what you need to be doing right now because i don't want you to be on a seesaw because um because you don't you don't you don't want to stop what you're doing for a person to catch up in rhythm at your level of 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 expectation because then that will become a distracting and then that will become used by the enemy to have you in these ups and flows. So what I would do is I, right now, as he's taking his time and texting you, I would keep, I wouldn't even worry about him per se as much. I will focus on as talking to God is just of you. Is he from, is he, is he your, your man of God for me? I would be seeking God right now. This is a great time. If he's not texting you much, this is a great time to find out what this is all about from the headquarters. It, because when you can find out from the headquarters, you get your head right. Your head to be right when he start up in the text messages. Then you already got your answer. You know what? Um, oh, it's cute. I, 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 everything's cool, but I just don't think this is supposed to be. Now you got a great opportunity to find out if this is it or not. Because he's not really coming at you so hard. 
right? And so this is an opportunity for you to seek God to find out if this is what you should be in right now. And if not, you don't have to worry about being so emotionally attached. Sometimes we want a lady who want guys to kind of increase their interest, but don't have, but don't utilize that great opportunity. There's a window in interest in the interest phase. There's a, um, um, a span of time that's, that's grace to us before our emotions are involved. That gives you the opportunity to find out from God is this is it so that your emotions don't get involved because conversation creates soul ties. Conversations create connections. Because you be on the phone, you know how it is early on. You're on the phone to four in the morning, three in the morning, texting all day. It's better to find out what's the right way than having your day consumed with a person that may not even be God's fit for you. So what I would do is um, maybe, maybe he's just like, you know what, let me see if this is what I really want to, or he's playing games either way. It don't matter who he is and what he's doing. You got to find out from God if this is from him or not, because then you'll, then you can avoid so much unnecessary stuff, etc. And if he is the one for you that the, it, God ain't going to have you distracted by that. God's going to be like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm working on him, but I want you to keep working on what I want you to work on while I'm working on him and while I'm working on you. Right. So either way, until you know, you got a great opportunity to seek God right now to see what his will is. Hope to help. I mean, for I mean, thanks for the overcoming trust issues video was awesome. Thank you so much. I'm glad it was a blessing. Um. Also, should Christians read the book of Enoch? Um. Yeah, I mean, um, Enoch was in the Bible. I would definitely make sure that you well versed in in. Um, understanding why books were in the canon and not in the canon so that you, so that the book of Enoch don't lead you to reading un, uh, other books as unnecessary. There's a lot of different camps that says, I only read what's in the canon. There's other camps that says what well, Enoch was mentioned in the Bible. And the book of Enoch does have points in it that kind of, uh, could, that could, that uh, I'm careful with my words. I don't want y'all to deep dive that gives some kind of clues that it's a good book to, to read from or whatever. Um, but be very careful that you, um, just navigate scriptures thoroughly, um, uh, understand church history, understand, um, how to read your Bible, Greek and Hebrew context matters, all that good stuff so that you don't. So the book of Enoch won't lead you into the book of, there's a book of, um, there's a book of, um, uh, Judas, there's the book of Timothy. There's a lot of other books that, that you don't want to dive deep and then start. The enemy uses that good idea to spawn curiosity, to jump in these other books that may cause confusion or get, take your attention away from studying the scriptures and more so focusing on these different things and you're subtly distracted or taken away from the things of God. So I haven't read the book of Enoch, but there's different camps that believe that, and I've I've studied um, the, the, the theories around it, um, but I just haven't been led to it because I do everything by leading. So if the Holy Spirit leads you to it, then cool. Uh, but uh, but Enoch has proved the book of Enoch I, from what I've heard. Um, just do your research. I want to be very careful with the words I give because a lot of people will take what I say and go and do it. And I got to make sure that I steward people's uh, curiosity and, and make sure that I'm not giving clearance to something that may lead them to something that, of more danger. I won't say more danger, but more confusion. So fall least for the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to say there for wisdom purposes. Um, Jody real says, Oh, Jody. Okay. Jody real says, why do so many Christians disagree on scripture? If we all have the same Bible, then shouldn't we all believe the same things concerning, concerning scriptures? Great question. Um, you have to understand, um, that there are issues in men and women for the need to be right more so than what's rightly more so than the skill of rightly dividing. Um, people just want to be right. And, and, and the enemy is strategic. If you can't beat them, divide them. 
As simple as that. Uh, uh, Paul talks about, man, uh, how uh, one plant, one water, but God gets the increase. Um, denominations like these were not the was not the intent of God. Um, people are splitting because the enemy infiltrated with men, hired men. The Bible talks about hired men. Research that hired men who don't who's are shepherding God's sheep that God never called. And their whole point is to confuse and divert. And that's what's going on. The enemy has preachers, too. And some of the most prominent, um, famous preachers right now are devil's hired men. And I don't even got to say names. You could use your eyes and see that's just not how God will want them to carry themselves. That's just uh, basic discernment one-on-one. And so these men, even in low sectors, have been sent there to divide the sheep. And so so there will be more focus on conflict than unity. So this is all satanic, demonically um, designed um, to keep people from uh, fellowshipping, to keep people from um, um, understanding what unity is. And you're right. That was the first question I had back in the day. But when I began to realize um, if I was Satan, what would I do? And then I began to realize what's been going on. And then I say, you know what? That's unfortunate. It is, it is what it is. And people, people want to be right versus um, being led. And so when you have pastors and denominations and churches who hammer down on doctrine, which doctrine is very important. If you go to, if you, it's the same Bible, but people would twist little things and whatever. And and knowing, and these people, knowing that people won't read for themselves, they know since people ain't going to read for themselves, they're going to trust my interpretation of what I read versus inquiring from the Holy Spirit about his interpretation of what he authored then people will easily follow these different leaders and the enemy's ultimate plan by these hired men has been um, proven effective. So as for you, my friend, always walk in peace, always walk in unity and don't get into those debates. You never see me get in debates. You can scroll through my Facebook, scroll through my Twitter. I never do it because first off, I'm knowledgeable to engage, but it's just not wise to engage. And everybody going back and forth is a waste of time. And that's just a demonic tactic, my friend. That's unfortunately, that's unfortunate. That's what's been going on in a lot of people's lives. Um, okay, two more and I'm done. Taylor Janae says, how should I handle my cousin in our relationship? He is gay and wears women's clothing. He's been in contact with me a lot since quarantine. Should I always preach the gospel every time we talk? Mm-mm, just live your life. Live your life. There's a lot of gay people that I encounter. Um, there's one guy who makes the who makes the best burgers at Whole Foods, and he's gay. And um, what I do is, I've had people ask me for advice when they're being gay. I just let the love of God show, because the more I share the gospel through my lips, they mind and their hearts may not be ready to receive the truth, right? And so what I do is, I let love cover that sin. Now that doesn't mean I that don't mean I hang out with them. It doesn't mean that I engage with them. And when people say, "Well, Jesus hung out with sinners," no sinners went to hang out with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't him looking for sinners to be like, yo, what y'all, y'all hooping today? I'm trying to get buckets. Y'all hooping? Y'all going to the club? I'm trying to go. Jesus, wherever they was, they followed him because he, his light made them feel comfortable. Even though he was uh, uh, sound in the scriptures, he was sensitive enough for people to still feel safe around him, right? And so what I would say for you is, is love him. Love him, love him, love him, love him. But don't love him and 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 when there are moments of compromise, you let him know lovingly. You know I love you, cousin. Because if you give him a track record of love, him or her, if you give them a track record of love, then when you communicate love verbally, like you know, well, you know I can't do that with you, they'll be like, oh, but man, my cousin loves me. I I respect they they respect relationship. 
if you build a relationship with them, they'll respect your decisions. Because if you say, hey, I can only love you, I can only um, love and, okay, make sure I say this clearly. I can only do X, Y, and Z with you. Anything beyond that, you do you, boo. You know I love you, but you know, I follow God. It's what I do. My convictions, I just don't do that. But if they have a, if you have a track record of relationship with them, they will respect that. But if you just coming out, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, then they're going to be like, you, you don't even know me enough. See, I, I make people feel safe around me. I make people feel like I actually, I actually do genuinely care. So they feel that. They feel like that's why gay people, no matter who it is, they cool around me. They don't mean they're comfortable around me, but they understand this guy's genuine. I know what he believes and I know he, he doesn't agree with my lifestyle, but he's because it, his relationship proves to me he loves me. See what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, they have to feel that you love them. You don't agree with their decision. You don't agree with their lifestyle, but they know you love them. They know. So every time I come to Whole Foods, I remember I went to Whole Foods many times. He made my burgers. I said, man, you make the best burgers, bro. You, I mean, I appreciate you, bro. And then when he at one, like maybe the seventh time I came in the store, when he was cooking, he moved from the couch. I said, man, you ain't making burgers no more, bro. And then he pulled me to the side. He's like, man, can you pray for me? A gay guy asking me to pray for him. He knows what I stand. He probably sees it. I think he said he saw one of my videos, but he knows that guy's genuine though. People out there who are extremely pro-gay, like extremely, like people who have no heart, those people are hired men to cause confusion. Hired men and hire women to cause confusion and um, galvanize the people who are in those lifestyles to feel hated. But they're, they and make them not be able to have the nuance of understanding to know the difference between love and how to lovingly disagree. Then you on the flip side, you have a bunch of Christians, bigoted, evil people with the title alone who's hammering this. So you got the enemy using two people on both sides, hired men and hired women to cause confusion and myths so they can generalize um, um, all Christians like this or all gays like this. And then nobody really knows how to engage. But the best way to engage is through love. But when it comes to like going to gay clubs and doing stuff like that, that's when you lovingly tell them, hey, you know, I, I ain't going to do that, man. You know, I don't do that. But because you have a track record of love for them, they understand the difference between, oh, this person loves me. I respect that. And, and if they get they're you know, I just think people who are who are um, genuinely gay and what I mean by genuinely gay, like they're gay, but they're but they're genuine, like they're good. You know, they're gay and they're uh, good hearted. Those people understand that people who are caught up in the indoctrination right now, those people in the relationship, you will know whether or not they're one of those individuals. But it sounds like that, that that person loves you and they've been reaching out to you. Be available, be accessible, and share the gospel when asked. Share the gospel of your life, whether they ask or not. But when they when they start inquiring about life, then that's when you share the hope. And then don't share it like God uh, God hates you. And it's just, just start with love. That God loves you, man. You know, and you struggling? What's going on? Is it because of what what your grand what your uh, dad did to you? Is that why? Is is whatever? And then you'll be able to lovingly lead them to the right pasture for them to be helped. He is gay. Okay, he he is gay and wears women's clothing. He's been in contact with me a lot since quarantine. Keep showing that love through your life. Listen, just listen. Don't even. Sometimes it's better to listen. Sometimes it's better to listen than to speak. Should I always preach the gospel every time? Nah, preach it through your life though. And the first entry level to the to the gospel is God so loved. That's the entry level to the gospel. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. Be good to him.
be good, be loving to him. And God will give you the grace and the ability to love him the way he will love him despite his lifestyle. That's why that's why nobody really can get mad at me when it comes to gay talk, when it comes to uh, people's lifestyle choices, because they know me. They know I love them. I don't care what you do. I love you. I mean, I like I know how to disagree in love. You know, I'm not so pro-Christian that I'm that I'm not connected. Like I'm dominant. Oh, you got to be a part. Come on, man. Come on, man. They need love. Everybody in sin, even us, all of us who are being sanctified, we all need God's love. And so that's my advice to you, my friend. Hope that helped. Hope they gave you some clarity. And anyone else that struggled with that, any person that's gay right now that gets offended, you listen, you don't, maybe you don't know me, but I love you, man. So you, y'all could be mad if you want to, but you know what I said is the truth and it's the truth in love. And I love y'all. So I don't want nobody, if you want to get, I mean, it's cool, but like, if you want those people that just want to be attacking somebody because they said something about gay stuff, man, you insecure. You're insecure, you insecure, and you're over, you idolizing your gayness. You are idolizing your lesbianism. You idolize it. That's your idol. But for those who know me and know my track record, you know I love you. So that is what it is. So don't get it twisted. That's for anybody. They know, if you don't know my heart, then don't put in no comments. So it is what it is. Andre Drake says, hey, coach, how do you deal with turning the other cheek? Uh, did I skip somebody? My bad, bro. I knew I skipped you. There we go. Coach, I've been overthinking this relationship that I'm currently in. She's a real woman, but we have different views on God. She's more interested in spirituality versus believing that there's one God. I think I answered your question before, but I answered it again just in case she wasn't able to um, stay in that live. And I don't even know what time stamp that I answered that question. Um, I got this video here on overthinking that I want you to check out. Where is it? I don't think I posted it. Um, nope. But I got a video on my YouTube channel that's recent about signs that you're overthinking uh, or how to stop overthinking. That video goes in great detail. That will help you, my friend. Um, to answer your question specifically, anything that consumes your mind more than God, your personal development and your purpose is a distraction. And so she's potentially being used as a distractive tool. And if she's in those other spiritual things, she might have put something on you, bro. Real talk. If you find yourself overthinking and overly invested, man, you got to watch who you with because some of these people will put some stuff on you. And then, then you'll wonder why your mind's all weird and all wired. So what I would do is if you're unequally yoked, you got to you got to you got to go your way, my friend. Uh, currently in she's a real woman, but we have different views on God. If you, how can two walk together? Let's say you agree. Simple as that, my friend. Um, if she's more interested in those different things instead of the one true God, then it's not going to work. I'm going to just keep it a buck with you. Your relationship is not going to work, my friend, because if y'all don't agree at the top, everything else under that ain't going to work. You have to agree at the top. And if you don't, if y'all both don't agree um, when it comes to God, you're going to find yourself in some weird situation. Because what is she going to bring in the house if y'all get married? She started bringing all these things in the house and now your house is divided spiritually and she's bringing unnecessary spirits into the house and you can't sleep. And then chances are, what if she what if she starts worshiping a God um, that entertains the spirit of Jezebel, that entertains the spirit of control? And all of a sudden now, because your heart's invested and it could be a spell, could be a curse, could be a lot of different things. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't say those words. Let me be very careful. It could be a lot of uh, manipulative tactics that's gotten you too deeply connected, that's got you overthinking. So what I would do is I would ask Holy Spirit, is there anything spiritually affecting me right now? Holy Spirit will reveal to you that possibly there could be some things on your life. Then that's when you're renouncing in the name of Jesus. I renounce the spirit of confusion. I renounce the, any curses, any spells, anything of that matter. I, I, com I confess any type of demonic connection that loses itself off of me in Jesus' name so that you can have free mind. And now, because right now, basically just straight up man to man, my brother, I will let her go. 
she she cute but not cute enough for your sanity my brother and so if she's entertaining other guys i don't care how real she is she uh, your realness the real your realness is based upon how real your god is because if you're serving a god that's fake how can how real can you be hope they help my friend last one i gotta go Andre Drake says, hey, coach, how do you deal with turning the other cheek? I always find myself wanting to lash out when I feel disrespected. Trust me, this is up my alley. Sometimes I can be petty as And this is probably the last, the most recent module that God has brought me through. And so the best advice that I would give you is this. It's realizing that it's OK to win the battle to win the war. There's some battles you're going to have to lose. Take that L because sometimes it's a lesson. Just take the L. Because I know how I've learned how to make a person feel like they won, but know that I won. You win when you can walk away. Losers or people whose moment at that moment, their self-esteem is low. They have to. Well, this is what I got. This is what I got. Trying to make it going back and forth. That's unnecessary. Wise people are there's dignity in walking away. It. I don't care who's around calling me whatever. I've learned to walk away. I'd rather walk away and not walk into a crime or walk into something that I have to suffer consequence for. I'd rather walk away than to walk into something that could jeopardize my livelihood, that can jeopardize my family, etc. So how do you do that practically? You do that by daily um, working on that issue. And you, uh, what I need for you to do, I want you to write down all the triggers, the type of people that trigger you, the things that trigger those type of emotions. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Why those emotions? Why do I have that way? Because your emotions always reveal something deeper. So then you go deep to find out, are there any insecurities in my life? Are there anything that I have to prove? I realized that my failed hoop dream was an insecurity of mine. You know what I'm saying? And how little does that sound? It, it flooded to my competitiveness. And now I started playing ball like I had to prove that I was good. Because a lot of people, when they look at me, they be like, oh, he can't play ball. He's six foot two. He's stocky, dude. And I feel like I have to get him buckets. Now, don't get it twisted. Coach still gives them buckets, but with a better heart, you know, with a kinder heart. You know what I'm saying? And I had to realize I had to find the real insecure pur purposes is that I have a strong I had a strong need. Uh, I have a, I was I flaw into more of the Jordan type of temperament than I do to LeBron. And so when I get in that competitive mode, I can I can really get into it. And I had to realize, Josh, your hoop dreams is over. Um, you got a lot to lose. And you can allow the culture of basketball as a trigger point. If someone calls you outside of your name or whatever, you can't allow that because you have built the empire. You have built something of value and you can't lose it. So what you got to do is you got to write down the things and the people that trigger you. What about those things that trigger you? I want you to also write down the emotions that are risen, that, that rise when those triggerings happen. Then I want you to deep dive into find out what, what insecurities or inadequacies causes me to feel this way. And then you give those insecurities and inadequacies to God and allow the Holy Spirit to keep you self-aware when you in those arenas so that you'll be able to grab it. Because as you mature, you're going to slip a little bit. That's normal because you're growing. But then you'll be, at least you are aware. Then you'll be able to say, Oh, okay. Then you'll be able to pull yourself back and 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 walk away. Um, so you got it. You lashing out to a degree boils down to an insecurity. And that's not me trying to talk down to you. That's just what I've done. I've lived myself. 
insecurities is what cause you lash out. Keep babies lash out because they want attention. Uh, they want attention because there's there's growing insecurity. So when a woman or a man or a boy or a girl lashes out, they're insecure at that moment because they want attention. And the only way to get attention is because they feel like they don't they don't feel loved enough. But when you know that you love by God, you don't desire attention and you don't desire to lash out because your your mind has been renewed that you live in a world where people are going to try you, and you know what you got systems in place and 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 things you got to do to walk out. And that's what you got to assess periodically in life, because then uh, when you grow older in life, you're going to have more things that comes in your life. Life. And you have to always assess your heart's connection with those things to make sure those new things in your life are not idols that you feel like you have to overly defend and lash out about. So even now, I'm still assessing my heart. And when I have kids, I'm going to have to assess my heart. Realize that if my if someone says anything about my kids, there's still a way to handle it. The old me want to put a fist through their throat, but that's not the right way to handle it. So I have to I have to already prepare myself when kids come and what comes with that to make sure you still operate wisely no matter what goes on. And, and I hope that helped. I love y'all. Y'all know I do. I uh, hope these uh, video questions was a, a blessing to you. I got some resources for you. Got this book here. As he says, as we're doing our survey, we've got young people from third grade and up. This is a great resource for them. A great tool for them to uh, discover their art form and to grow in that. I got a book on spiritual warfare, World War Me, How to Win the War Within. It's a great resource as well. And so if you, if this is a, um, um, tool or a resource you feel that will help you to understand the whole armor of God and how to uh, navigate. That book's a good resource there. If you got soul ties or strongholds or strong connections to people, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, is a great resource. It's also available on my website. And my website, I post it right here in the chat box. And for those who's watching later and not watching live, it'll be in the description box below. But um, Here's my website where all my resources are. Also got this book, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? A great resource for those who are single or desire to be more whole as a person. Also got this book that, that uh, has a card game that, that you can uh, buy separately. It's called Dating Prep, How to Date Yourself and the Love of Your Life Forever. And it's great resource for you to really assess for singles. For one, um, am I ready to date? Uh, where am I at? Also, for couples, y'all both get a book and y'all read through together and y'all answer the questions together. I'm not sure where my car. Okay, my car is up there. Um, but the card game goes with as well. Uh, well, you can get the card game that's associated with it. Also, my first book is uh, um, Unplugged, and it's a great resource here um, that will help you um, think about the things Unplugged. My very first book that I ever wrote. Uh, let me get my card game real quick. Give me one second. I'm gonna show my website. Um, for those, here we go. So that's my website there, imunplugged.com. And that website right there is a great resource for you. And on that website, you can, um, let me scroll down. Of course, you can, um, let's see what I see. You got our kids mentoring program there. If you want to donate there and give towards that, unfortunately, our, you know, of course, according to the uh, COVID-19, we weren't able to um, finish our program. We had only one week, but we, we're going to start up next year. Lord willing. Well, yeah, Lord willing. So if you want to support our kids mentoring program, you can find out more about our program. These are the real live kids that we serve um, at the school that I work at. We also have online courses. If you want to, uh, uh, I got a course on procrastination. I got a course on insecurities. I got a course, of course, the course we're in right now, the purpose of singles. So that book, that that those course available is also where you can order books. Uh, our clothing line, the shirt that I was wearing is on there as well. 
Um, we have merch. We have uh, clothing as well. Also, if you want to book me for a virtual event or for a speaking event, you can do that as well. There's also ways for you to donate, etc. But also for those who want custom coaching session, I have one-on-one coaching available. And um, you can also get card games, books, the podcast. All those good resources are on my website there. And also the card games I was telling you about, I got this card game called Dating Prep. It's a fun way to date yourself, ask yourself questions to date yourself, as well as date the love of your life. Um, there's three phases or to see if this should be a person that's the love of your life. There's three forms of questions. There's the corp, uh, cloud phase, cement phase, corporation phase, questions for each stage. And the same question in the card games in the book. And one of my f- top favorite resources that God has blessed me to create is this game called Memory Muscle, a fun way to memorize scripture individually and with friends. So I hope these uh, resources are a blessing to you. Check them out on my website. And um, until next time, keep following God, man. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Uh, T-shirts as well. Are you whole or full of holes? A lot of shirts on my website. Um, I think that's it. I'll see y'all next time. Have a great weekend. You may see me tomorrow. You may not. You may see me Sunday. You may not. Um, but I'm. Uh, you'll know. Definitely see me Monday. Love y'all. Y'all take care. Peace.